So we're going to look at a passage of scripture, and a miracle happened this week. I actually learned how to upload the U version on there, and so I'm excited. You know, we're starting in like two months, so it's good. Uh, so you can go on your U version app, or you can turn to Luke chapter one. We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about Zachariah and Elizabeth. And uh, last week, Dave talked about how when the angel came to Mary and, and visited Mary and told her that she was going to bear the son of the son of God. He's going to he's, she's going to bear Jesus. And so this is actually a little earlier in, in the story in Luke chapter 1. And Zechariah um, is, is a priest and his wife, um, they're, in, they're in Jerusalem. And they're the, son, they're the parents of John the Baptist, correct? Okay, let's read this together. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Adijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of the Lord, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah, Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as the priest before God, and he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord to burn incense. And when the time of the burning of the incense came, All of the assembled worshipped and prayed together outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But The angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. So Zechariah is serving in the temple. And some scholars believe that his little division, you know, they cast lots to see who would go in to do this specific duty in the temple. And some people think that this was the only time in his entire life that Zachariah was able to go into the temple and burn incense to the Lord. And it burning incense to the Lord was burning, you know, the smoke would billow up to heaven, basically, showing the prayers of the saints going up, prayers of, of God's people going up. And this is the first time that Hezekiah had gotten to do this, probably, um, as far as we know. And, and an angel appears before him, and the first thing he says is, do not be afraid. And then he says something I think is really profound, um, and he says, God has heard your prayer. And so uh, the title of the message is, God has heard your prayer today. So Zachariah and Elizabeth had probably been praying these prayers for a son or a daughter for years, 40, 50, maybe even 60 years. And praying probably day in and day out for years, and then as time goes on, it probably probably stopped praying a little less for it. They kind of come to this kind of understanding that this might not happen. They still hope for it. They still long for it. But it might not be the thing that they actually think is going to happen anymore. And in this moment, the angel comes and says, Zechariah, we have heard your prayers. And we all have these kind of long, drawn-out prayers, don't we? We all have all these things that maybe for years we've been praying for. These hearts desire things we were told when we were 20 years old. Like, you can be who you want to be, and this is what God wants to do with you. And you've been maybe waiting an extended period of time for these things to become truth or become real, become tangible. We all have those things, right? Anyone have one of those things? Yeah, like this thing that maybe I've been praying for, I want to see happen. Maybe it's like you want to see a family member or a friend come to know Jesus, and you've been praying for them year after year, day after day, week after week for years and years and years. Maybe you, have a, you, maybe you have a son or daughter who's wayward, who's a prodigal, and every day you wake up and you pray for them. Or the last thing you think of before you go to bed is just be with them. 
Or maybe God, you felt like God put something on your heart, a vision, a ministry, uh, something, a dream that you want to see happen, and you've been wait, praying for it and waiting for it and wondering and searching and maybe pushing and just still nothing. And I think kind of that's how Zachariah was. He'd served faithfully with the Lord all of these days. And uh, the angel shows up supernaturally and says he has heard your prayer. And I guess what I want to tell you today is that God has heard those prayers. Do you realize that God has heard every single prayer that you've ever uttered, you've ever thought? Even when you didn't even think it was an actual prayer, he's heard it. You ever have one of those <sighs> prayers? God's heard that. He understands that. You ever those those almost moaning or uh, angry prayers? Anyone have an angry prayer ever? This guy right here. You know, God hears that. He understands that. And I really feel like God wanted me to tell you that every single one of you knows that every single one of those prayers God has heard. Not one of those have, has left his ears. Not one of those has gotten out of his sight. Every single one of those prayers have been heard. And it goes on to say that um, the angel says, your, Elizabeth, your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and, and he will be called John. And this is, this is cool. So think about this pr- these prayers have been prayed for years and years and years, and all of a sudden the answer is coming. It says, he will be a great joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of his people to Israel, to the Lord, uh, to the Lord, their parents of their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And he will ready the, and he will ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he says, "I've heard your prayers, and this is what's going to happen. You are going to have a son. The prayer that you've been praying for forty, fifty, sixty years is going to happen. And not only is it going to happen, but it's going to be this person who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. He's answering the prayer." Finally. You know, we're, uh, we're excited in Christmas. Christmas Eve is our service, like you heard, and we'd love for you to come. Uh, we are going to sing Silent Night, I think. So that's like a prerequisite to Christmas. And um, it's going to be really fun. But, but in February, we have our first service, you know. And, uh, but it's, it's interesting for me looking back because it wasn't like, you know, one day we woke up about a year and a half ago and we're like, hey, let's move to Colorado and start a church, right? Like, I, I felt like I was first called this start a church or start a campus or be a pastor um, uh, 10 years ago. I was, at a, I was at a youth conference, and it was, I was a youth pastor for seven years, and there was, like, middle schoolers running around, and it was, like, craziness. And they had an altar call for the pastors. Like, all right, pastors, good Pentecostal altar call. Get up front. If you're not seeking Jesus, then who else will kind of thing. And uh, so you, I was like, fine. And I go up to the front and I kneel down for the altar because I'm very holy. And then I, uh, the first thing the Lord says to me is you will plant a church. And I started to weep tears of pain, not tears of joy, tears of pain, tears of no way am I doing that. But it was the first time I ever felt like that was going to happen. And I've, I was wise enough at 25 to know that when God says it, he does it. So that's why I terrified the you-know-what out of me. It was so scary. Well, not me. I'm just going to be youth pastor. It's way more fun. You know, you can throw stuff at kids. They cry. It's okay. You know? And uh, so that was 10 years ago, right up until now, 10, almost 11 years ago. 
And I, I look back through those years, and I think about there's been, there was little checkpoints every couple of years that would kind of reiterate that. I didn't think about it every day. Um, but in the last, like, three or four years, God kept bringing it up over and over and over again, almost to where it was frustrating to me. Because my circumstances and my day-to-day life didn't look like that was ever going to happen. And after a while, you, I, you start to lose hope a little bit. After a while, you wonder, did I really hear God correctly? And after a while, you, you look and you're like, well, you kind of get comfortable in what you're doing today. Right? And I think about those years, especially the last couple years, and I think about how crucial and important those years were for me as a person, as a father, as a husband, to develop my character, to make me more like Christ, to make me patient and humble. So patient, right? And so, yeah, right, obviously. I think that goes without saying, you know, but... But then about, about, about eight, uh, 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, I was sitting and I was listening to Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford. He's a, kind of a titan of faith in our denomination. And I was praying and God said, you're going to be, I'm going to fulfill that vision when you're 35. And I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. Because at that time, things were kind of here. And God, in his faithfulness, fulfilled his promise. It took 10 years. And for some of you, you're like, 10 years, that ain't nothing, right? Like, I, I, 10 years is just the start of my prayer, right? But God is faithful to fulfill the things that he has promised to his children. And he shows up to Zechariah and Elizabeth, who had probably given up hope a little bit, and maybe stopped praying for a son and a daughter because they were too old. And he says, I've heard your prayer. So I'm going to talk about three quick things uh, that um, just to encourage you. I just want this to be an encouragement that you would hear from the Lord. These three things, okay? First thing is to do do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. One thing that can happen over over time is it can you can start to be less pray. You start to pray less about that thing. You can start to think about it a little bit less. You start to get kind of like even when it comes up, you like push it away. Nope, I'm not going to deal with that. You know, or you start to see your son or daughter or your friend go further away from the Lord, and you're like, you know. I'm praying, don't lose hope. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 5, it says this, and this is, if we can grasp this a little bit, I think this would make our faith just skyrocket. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. Isn't that insane? Does that make anyone's theology goofy? Anyone? Like, well, I was told that you just sit and be quiet like a good boy, you know? It's like, no, approach God boldly, and if you ask for things in his name, just so you know, things that are part of his will and part of his name are like seeing people come to know Jesus and seeing visions fulfilled and seeing your son and daughter restored and seeing marriages strengthened. Like those, you have to even wonder, is this God's will for me? You know, it says, if you pray these things according to his will, he will provide them. And that's a scary thing even to say from this stage. Because what if he doesn't? I can speak for myself. God has been faithful and he has fulfilled the the promises he's promised us. And he's not only fulfilled it, but he's gone beyond it. 
He hasn't just like taken to the status quo. Hey, you're going to have a son or a daughter. Oh yeah, but also he's going to usher in the savior of the universe. Your son or your daughter may be wayward now, but God is going to use him or her for a mighty work in the kingdom. You know, you might be serving in this position or you might be working now in this area that you don't want to work in, but just so you know, God's preparing you so you can do this next. And that's the way God works. So don't lose hope. You know, this Christmas time is all about hope. Thinking about, think about in the temple, Zachariah's there, but the, the masses, the assembly had come, and what were they praying for? They were praying for the Messiah to come. You know, today the Jewish people still come to the wall and they pray for the Messiah to come. And in this moment, they're sitting in front of the temple. The prayers of, God, of incense are coming, raising up to heaven. And they're praying, I pray, please let the Savior come, the Messiah come. Please deliver us from Rome. Please set up the kingdom again of Israel. And God is doing that in that time because he goes from meeting with John the Baptist, mom and dad, to meeting with Mary. So don't lose hope. Even in the darkest times, even in the, the most stressful times, even in the times where you feel like you are stuck, do not lose hope because God is faithful to fulfill every single promise that comes out of his mouth. You know, Jesus, when they talk about the Old Testament, and they're like, oh, hey, Jesus, now that you're here, do we have to do any of that stuff? She says, no, 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 no. Not every single comma, exclamation point, every point of the law has been fulfilled through me. Every single thing that he has said before is fulfilled through him, and every single thing he says to you now is going to be fulfilled in the future. That's a promise. We can have faith in that. We can stand in that. He wants to do that in us. So don't lose hope. The second thing is remain faithful today. The thing that I love about Zechariah and Elizabeth is he says that they were faithful and they continued to serve and they remained blameless before the sight of the Lord. Um, 2 Timothy 2 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So that might not be a very inspiring verse, but to see God fulfill the promises in you, it takes faithfulness. It takes a day in and day out faithfulness to God to say, God, I might not understand where I'm at, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep serving you. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep loving people I don't want to love. I'm going to keep doing the things I know I need to do. Faithfulness will do the thing that provides the promise. It's faithfulness. And this is a crazy thing. The level of your faithfulness, God matches that. He says, if you're faithful with a little, I'll, be, I'll give you more. It's not like a name and or claim it thing. It's like, okay, if I'm faithful with $100, he'll give me a million dollars. No, he's saying, if you're faithful with what I give you, I will bless you beyond that. And so some, some of us we struggle with faithfulness. We struggle with remaining on the path. And I just want to encourage you, just stay on the path. Just take the next step. Just do the next day. Just take the next mountain, whatever you have to do. Uh, you young, young people, I can't say that anymore. I used to be so young. I just want to encourage you. What will allow you to see the things that God has promised you is not your talent. And it's not the level of ambition you have or how much you can work, how well you can write or whatever it is. The thing that will absolutely accomplish the things that God's put in your heart is your faithfulness each day to God.
that every day you wake up and you say things like, God, what, do you, what would you have me do today? Not my will, but your will. That every day you wake up and you're like, I might not be in my dream job at 25, which doesn't exist, just so you know. Doesn't exist. And, and, and you might think it's your dream job. It's not because you just, things change. Um, but just get up every day and just say, Lord, what would you have me do today? I just think of Zechariah getting up every single day and going to the temple and serving the Lord and just letting his own vision, his own ideas, his own prayers just kind of sit there because he knows that God's taking care of him. And he continually faithful, to faithfully serve God. If you, can, if you do that each day, even when it stinks, even when you're ticked off sometimes, God will bless that. Because what happened was Elizabeth and Zechariah didn't get bitter. They didn't feel like, well, what about us? Everyone else having a baby. We aren't. They didn't feel entitled. They just remained faithful. And I would just encourage you, what will be the greatest testimony of your life is your faithfulness. It won't be your accomplishments. It won't be like, by this age I was doing this thing. Like That might wow someone, but God is just interested in your heart. And just continually that each day you're growing in him and seeking him and being with him. And then he will unfold it all, trust me. And he will take these promises that were happened 10 years ago, and he will all of a sudden write it better than you could ever write it. Because that's how he is. But you have to be a workman that's approved by God, which just means you're faithful each day. You just continue to seek him. And God will do a mighty thing. And for you seasoned veterans... I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> uh, for you seasoned people, I just wanted to encourage you too. I'm sorry. I love you. You're not seasoned. Um, I was looking at your husband. He left, and I was going to... Sorry. Um, yeah, I know. I found you. Um, for you people who are uh, maybe been waiting, man, it is not over. It is not over. Till your last breath, it is not over. And some of you are in that last third of your life, you know, that's 60 to 100. <laughs> and, uh, and man, do, man do the, does the kingdom need you? Man, do grand, we need grandpa and grandmas of faith. And we need your visions. And we need your wisdom. And, we, and your prayers that have probably been longer than all of our prayers combined. God's going to fulfill those. And he's going to be faithful to those. So continue to stay soft in your heart towards what God's doing today. And fight the urge to get cynical and to lose hope. Cool? Last thing is, uh, I think the best part, is it's, uh, the last thing is to ex- expect the unexpected. So before... Zechariah enters the temple. There had been this lull of time where God had spoken. Like God hadn't spoken to his people in over 400 years. Like Malachi is over, or Malachi, however you want to say it. And, uh, and, math, and then there's Matthew. And then in that span is like 480-some years of silence, of nothing. And you know that the angel doesn't, God doesn't break his silence with the mother of his son. God breaks his silence with Zechariah. 
Like he doesn't wait for Mary, who we all love and who is the mother of our Savior. He waits for Zachariah and Elizabeth. I'm not sure. If, I mean, there's probably tons of theological reasons for that. But part of me just thinks, like, I was like, man, they've been so faithful. They've continued to serve me. And I, I, I want to use this and use them to do something great still. So it's, 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 it's incredibly profound that God speaks to two people. First, to someone who's well in age, almost to the end of their life, and then someone who's just getting started, back to back. To Mary and to Zechariah. And God does the unexpected. Because John and Jesus' life are kind of this crazy unison thing happening. You know? They're born around the same time because when, when uh, Mary is pregnant and John are preg- John's mom is pregnant, uh, like the baby leaps inside, you know? So this is kind of like this wor- interworking, and Mary and Elizabeth are related, you know, so there's some family ties there. And there's kind of this cool story, uh, if you think of it in that terms, of like Jesus and John growing up around the same area in time, right? You ever thought about that? And Jesus and John kind of, and, and both are miracles, Obviously, Jesus is the Son of God, miracle. Um, but they grow up in, this, in the same time. And uh, there's this thing that happens in John chapter 1. So they know each other. That's, you know, John's like, this is my cousin. You know, this is Jesus. I've known him. He's a carpenter. But there's something that happens in John chapter 1. I want you to I want to read here. And it says, the next day, John had saw Jesus coming toward him and said, and I don't know if this actually happened, but I'm going to paint it because it's cool. So I can see Elizabeth and Zacharias standing there, and Mary, and, and kind of that their, all their family and the people of Israel were kind of standing around. And all of a sudden, John is there, and John had developed his ministry. And then there's this guy, Jesus, who's just getting started. You know, people were confused at first. Like, are you, because they asked John, are you Jesus? Are you the Messiah? It's like, no, I'm, I'm not the Messiah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, who's this guy over here? And I can picture them all kind of standing around and watching this happen. And then John, John says, um, sees Jesus walking towards him. He says, look, this is the Lamb of God. And the King James says, behold, which is way cooler. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then Jesus is baptized and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and then he enters into this ministry. And then I think about Zachariah and Elizabeth standing there. They're like, that's why it took 50 years for God to fulfill the promise for this moment right here. It took us, because they were just praying for a son or a daughter. God could have given them a daughter at 15 or 18 or 20 or whatever it was, or son, but God waited because he wanted to do this moment right here. Because John came to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare for Christ's coming and to prepare for his ministry that saved all of us. And if it wasn't for Zachariah and Elizabeth's prayers, John wouldn't have came and Christ wouldn't have came. So your prayers, your faithful, earnest God-honoring prayers matter to the kingdom of God, and they fit in a bigger story than our own. 
And they do something bigger than just fulfill this thing I want to do so it's better. <laughs> right? It sends ripples throughout the kingdom. And in that, that moment, behold, this is the Lamb of God, and this is why I came, and this is the one who's going to take away the sins of the world. He's going to save all of Israel, and then this everyone else. In that moment, they realized there it was. That's why I took that long. And I just want to encourage you, your God hears your prayers. And don't mistake his silence from a lack of, from being distant from you. He's preparing the way for you to see the things that he wants to do in your life become better than you can even expect. Because take what you think is going to happen, and God's like, you of little faith, this is what I want to do. And let that be hopeful to your heart, that the silence is not silence because God is distant or doesn't care, or you have to like fight for his, his ear. His perfect and good will is at work. And he's going to set it in motion at the perfect time and fulfill everything he wants to do. Amen. Rich, do you want to come and pray or come and play? I just want to pray for you all. I want you to think, just close your eyes for a second. I want you to just think of, the, of that, that prayer, those couple prayers. Maybe you've been praying something real simple like, God, I feel so inadequate. I'm always going to feel inadequate. Or maybe you've been praying for a son or a daughter who's been wayward from the Lord for so long. And you, you think like each day, it keeps getting further and further and further. Maybe when you're really young or just recently, God's given you this vision, this, this thing that, man, if this could happen, this could be an incredible ministry. Or he's called you into ministry. And you're trying to figure out what that means. I don't, I don't feel like right now God wants to answer all those prayers. I think it's okay. I think God just wants to tell you that he's heard you. He just wants to really personally and really uh, sweetly just tell you that he hears you. So he says, like, in the morning when you pray these things, I want you to know I hear every, every word. And I hear your heart behind it. And the night before you go to bed, in those last moments when you're, you pray, what am I going to do with my life? God says, I hear you and I know. I'm going I'm to unfold it. I'm going to take care of it for you. God, would you just speak to every heart who's open? And you, would you just tell them, not, o- not only like we talked about last week, do I know your name, but I've heard your prayers. God, and God loves every prayer that comes from every heart. God, I pray that when the time is right, when you prepare the way, the perfect, the perfect way, God, you fulfill every single thing on every person's heart here. God, I thank you that you say what you say and you mean what you mean. And I pray for anything or anyone or the enemy that's trying to steal any of those dreams or those prayers or trying to bring discouragement or lose hope. I pray against that in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you just would reinstill a strengthening of faith in each person. That you are at work in each person's heart and life. You've not forgotten any of them. And though you might not fulfill this thing tomorrow, 
we can rest assured that our God is good and these things are in his hands and he's going to take care of all of them because he loves these people. He loves your vision way more than we ever can. So God, just bring hope and bring strength to this group. As we celebrate Christmas, Lord, and as we look at Jesus coming to save the world, what a great reminder that there is hope.